grace and mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today comes from Revelation chapter 5 verses 1 through 4. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was worthy found to open the scroll or look into it. The Danish philosopher Kierkegaard tells of a parable of a theater where a variety show is proceeding. Each show is more fantastic than the last and it is applauded by the audience with more vigor for every performance. And suddenly the manager comes forward and he apologizes for the interruption. He says, but the theater is on fire. And he begs the patrons to leave in an orderly fashion. The audience thinks that this is just the most amusing turn of events of the evening. And they cheer at him thunderously. The manager again implores them to leave the burning building. And again, he is applauded vigorously. At last, he can do no more. The fire races through the whole building and destroys the theater and the fun-loving audience with it. And so, concluded Kierkegaard, will our age, I sometimes think, go down in fiery destruction to the applause of the crowded house and cheering spectators. Dear friends in Christ, if this is how you feel when you look at the world right now, like Rome is burning and Nero is fiddling, then perhaps you might feel as I do. It seems that everything that God has put forward in his word is under attack. Christians are martyred in this world as, at a rate as never seen before. And the world's nations seem intent on taking the Ten Commandments and smashing them with more vigor than that of Moses when his anger burned hot, seeing the Israelites dance before the golden calf. Euthanasia and abortion are called health care. The sex you are born with is no longer based upon reality, but fantasy. Human sexuality is a free-for-all. Marriage is passe. There are wars and rumors of wars. And many of this world's Christian churches have traded the word of God for teachers to suit their own passions and have turned away from listening to the truth and have wandered off into myths. In early February, I was taking training in the armed forces about what t-shirts we could wear and could not wear during physical training so as not to offend other members. One warrant officer put it succinctly to me, he said, Padre, we are on the cusp of World War III, and this is the training that we are getting. We look at the world's leaders, and we hope for better. We pray for better. And they seem to think that they are heading in the right direction by dividing people, slinging mud at each other, and telling us we are progressing towards something better. Trust us, they say. God says through the psalmist, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. And yet, we fret. In our sin, we fret because we do not fear and love and trust in God above all things. We see the state that this world is in and we think there is no way that God has all of this in hand. There are pandemics and wars and chaos and death and decay in all around that we see. 
And the people of this world look to themselves for a solution to evil. They look to politicians for an end to war and better living. They look to science for a cure for death. And it's not that we should not try to do better or pray for our leaders or look to science for making our life more bearable along the way. But no one, not one living creature in heaven or on earth or under the earth or in the sea has ever conquered sin or death but one. In the book of Revelation, we see John in the throne room of God, and God has his hand in his hand a scroll with words written on both sides, sealed with seven seals, and everyone, including John, wants to see what's written on the scroll. A cry goes out from a mighty angel, who is worthy to open this scroll? And no one is found. No pastor, no politician, no angel, no apostle, no saint, no one but the Savior. The Lamb of God is worthy to open the scroll, and John weeps until an elder says to him, Do not weep, for one is worthy, the Lion of Judah, the Root of David. This slain and risen one takes the scroll and opens it up, and what does it contain? Assurance that all the brokenness in this world is going away? No. That all this suffering that we see is some kind of great big cosmic mistake? No. The scroll lists the events on earth from the time of Christ's victory on the cross through his ascension to the end of all things. The prophetic message on the scroll is about the trial and tribulation, the suffering and the sorrow that the human race will experience, including the church, until Christ comes again at the end of time. As I said at the beginning of this sermon, if it seems like the world is spiraling to its death, It is, and people are applauding as the world burns. But the most important part of the prophetic scroll is the victory of the one who holds the scroll itself. In the midst of the throes of agony and death in this world is the victory of Christ Jesus, who took on flesh and walked the path of law in perfection, walked the path of death Without objection, he was nailed to the tree in crucifixion to pay for every sin, all wickedness, to redeem those who deserve perdition and to give us life in his resurrection so that we might proclaim with great proclamation that the world is forgiven in Christ Jesus, that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world by the shedding of his blood. The ultimate purpose of Christ Receiving the scroll is to reveal it to John so John can write it down so that you can read it, so that you might be strengthened in your faith and encouraged in the midst of all suffering to hold fast to Christ, the living one, because the world is passing away. It seems strange that we could take comfort in a scroll that reveals suffering, but it most especially speaks to victory, the victory of Christ over sin and death. The gospel lesson that is paired with this passage from Revelation is Peter's restoration to the holy ministry on the beach by Jesus. He tells Peter to feed his sheep three times. Jesus shows John the content of the scroll in Revelation that he might proclaim that the entire destiny of the human race and all of its history is under the lordship and control of Jesus Christ. Jesus tells Peter to feed his sheep. And how? By proclaiming 
that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We proclaim with the saints the words of Revelation in the new song when they sing, Jesus, you were slain, and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Now, if you are thinking, the scroll says that the future holds suffering and pain for the church and the people of this world, and that doesn't sound good. Dear friends, I tell you, I am doing what God has called me to do, to prepare you to die, to die in the faith and to feed you with God's own body and blood to forgive all of your sins and strengthen your faith unto life everlasting, to tell you your sins are forgiven in the Lamb of God who died on the cross for all of your sins, to tell you the good news that the devil does not reign and sin does not win. Suffering and death will not endure forever. Death cannot claim you because Christ has claimed you. I can't say it won't hurt. I can say it won't hurt forever. I can't say you won't suffer. I can say you will not suffer forever. I can say with all confidence that Jesus is Lord and Savior and you are his, claimed, redeemed, held fast, and promised eternal life. Who is worthy? Who is worthy of eternal life? The Son of God has placed his worth on you, declaring you worthy of life everlasting. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now let us pray. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in and through Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. At Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Please join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com, call us at 780-430-7382, or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. Better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace.